In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. We are so glad you are with us, and we hope you enjoyed our last episode where we played the game What If, much like the Marvel series uh, on Disney+, Plus, where the superheroes of the Marvel uh, Universe were able to change their directions based on one little thing. Daryl has invented, like a mad scientist, our own Doctor Strange, has invented points in Brown's history where we look at it and we say, what if? What if this would have happened? And Daryl was on a roll. We continue on. We're with 17 different topics. I think by the time this is done, we'll have like 20. But um, Daryl, uh, we appreciate everybody who listened to us before on this. Uh, if you want to comment on this or maybe uh, talk about it for a future podcast, you can always hit us up on Twitter or on Instagram at GameDayCLE. Let's push forward, my friend, with another what if. What if the cluster mess of the 2008 season never happens? Included in that was Braylon Edwards getting stepped on in training camp. Phil Savage, the bleep you go root for Buffalo email. Romeo Cornell could actually keep the train on the tracks in 2008. Instead, it went right down the drain. Phil and Romeo got fired after signing contract extensions, too. Remember that. They were just coming off the 10-6 and six season going into 2008. Expectations were high. Everything went off the rails. So what if, Andy Baskin, the cluster mess of 2008 never happened? Uh, boy, didn't that just kind of set the tone for what we would see up until Kevin Stefanski got here? I mean, really, that's that that season and that year – it's just again it goes back to all the heartbreak and misery we've had from this team and, and the directions that we we're going to i mean I, I the fact that braylon wasn't wearing shoes what was he thinking like how stupid was that and to start there and then braylon was always worried about the fact that he went to michigan and he thought ohio state fans hated him and you, you know what's funny ask aaron shea the same thing ask tom darden the same thing those guys said once they came to cleveland they were browns Browns fans don't care where you played in college if you can just play while you're here while you're wearing our orange helmet. That's all they care about. And you're right. And then it also gets into this who's running the show business. And I think this is the power play and uh and this and the leaks. I mean, remember all the all the <coughs> excuse me, all the media links about coordinators and all the other garbage that went on with that season. That's a year I wish that could have gone away because it, again, it was just another stumbling block. And if that stumbling block doesn't go there, then the what if is we have a much more competitive team much sooner than we do now. Yeah, remember in the preseason, they went to the Meadowlands and played the Giants, and they had like three guys get hurt in that preseason game. And then just everything just went to hell from there. It just it snowballed, and you want to talk about runaway train. That became a runaway train in a hurry. And you're right. It just seemed to set off the next – 10 to 12 years of just utter incompetence and misery. And it, it, um, it sent Randy Lerner into a knee jerk, impulsive reaction after that. And he had two of them. And the next one we're going to talk about right now. Well, I just is- think that like Randy had weird people who was listening to, right? Yep. Like I think he, well, was, listening to people, he, to he was listening to people in the media too. He was listening to everybody. 
You're a yeah. thousand percent right. I mean, go back and look at that season. We had three Pro Bowlers on that team too. Isn't that weird? Ryan Pumphrey yeah, on was one. Joe Thomas was. Hey, don't ever say Butch Davis never drafted a Pro Bowler. He drafted That's... Ryan Pumphrey. Brian Pomprion, the long snapper and the punter will always be my friend. Nothing encapsulates Cleveland Browns football better than the first pro bowler of the expansion era being a damn long snapper. (laughs) You're so What if Eric Pine, right? Jim Jim Pine, right? Yeah, Yeah, Jim Pine. Uh, er, uh, He was the first pick of the uh, expansion draft. Uh, Er, Yeah, I guess I didn't really think of him. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, what Sorry. if Eric Mangini hired himself a legit, legitimate general manager instead of the puppet George Kokinas, who lasted a grand total of eight months before being politely escorted from the building, allegedly? Are you sure it wasn't eight weeks? <laughs> it, I seriously thought he was there for like 10 seconds. This, again, this was like one of those leak kind of things, though, too, right? All the stories and everything that was going on. It's like, couldn't anybody I just keep their mouth Eric shut? Kenny- I just remember Eric when he was answering questions about what a bleep show it was. He's like, well, you know, sometimes these things don't work out. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I mean, what That was uh, was it 09, right? Is that what we're looking at? What was his first year? What was yeah. Mangini's first year? Mangini's first year was li- 2009. Yeah. He still they, lives they, here. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, they lost their first 11 games that year. Um, and then it was in – the game. I think it was the game at Chicago, Soldier Field. Randy basically had a coronary, Randy yeah. Lerner, and he and that was Randy, the famous. I sit, I, Randy, I sit in the back of the press room and just listen and never go up to the podium. Lerner, yeah, yeah. I remember. Um, that was always uncomfortable. By the way, <laughs> we it was so weird. Oh my god, it was so when, weird. Like, I'd look in the back or, or when the coaches' wives would sit in the, in the back of the media room, or players that was the fun spouses would sit in the back of the media room during press conferences. Very uncomfortable. Anyway, so it yeah. was at Soldier Field. Um, I want to say like October, early late October, early November, something something around there. And that was the when uh, Randy Lerner gave the infamous quote of "I need a serious, credible leader," and that led us to drum roll, please. Oh man, I know. Mike Holmgren. What if Mike Holmgren coached the Browns instead of sipping drinks on a golf cart with umbrellas in them while riding his Harley to and from Berea? Holmgren would literally show up. He would check the media availability schedule, and he would show up 30 minutes before media availability. And I know this because there were three times I waited in the parking lot just to see how fast it took him to leave. And like literally within an hour of media availability being over, Holmgren was back on the Harley and out of the building. I mean, you want to talk about heisting $40 million for doing absolutely nothing for the Cleveland Browns. Mike Holmgren for you, ladies and gentlemen. But what if he actually coached the team, Andy Baskin? All right, let me just do things. One, going back to Eric Mangini, I think Eric Mangini would have been great if they just would if If you wouldn't have brought Holmgren in the building and maybe had – obviously, if he had a GM, then I, I still think Eric was a good coach. I, I – I still think he got it. He understood it. I know he tried to replace guys with veterans rather than bringing in young guys, and I don't know if that's the way it works. But um, I, I still like Eric, and I think Eric would have been a hell of a coach if they would have figured out a way to have some longevity with him. Aside Going to the home run, I think Eric Mangini is the best football coach the Browns have had since 1999. I, I, I thought he was absolutely brilliant, but he just constantly dug his own grave because he allowed mountains to become molehills because he just didn't feel the need to clarify – 
uh, a lot of the stuff that was going on. Remember the mural because thing, he right? went to the, the wait the mural thing is that what you said? Yeah, remember the mural thing? They painted over a mural in the facility, and oh, because they were, they were, I forgot they about were, that. They were gonna put it in the. They were gonna do something in the lobby and all that, and that just became this big to do. Just little things that were easily explained right. away. But he went to the Bill Belichick uh, school of school of I can do anything. Yep, and and it, I just I think he made his. Unfortunately, he made his life a lot harder than it needed to be. And yeah, if he had a real legit GM. Like if he had Tom Heckert or he had John Dorsey or he had Andrew Barry, I yep. really think that he could have had an opportunity to be uh, uh, have a tremendous amount of success here. And then we don't go through the Mike Holmgren era. So don't like you think that's, it's why, in, I, that's I, why I put those two next to each other because they snowball into each other. <laughs> I still thought it was interesting that Mike wanted to keep Eric for another year. Right, wanted to give him a yeah, chance. Yeah, well, he didn't want to fire won- him after one year. Yeah, yeah, and they won their last four games that season, and he was like, you know what, maybe we do have something here, and they did. It's just that Mike didn't have anything going, and I, you know, I don't. In some ways, we laugh at Mike, Mike Holmgren and the paycheck when he was. Yeah, here. and I, I got to tell you, we don't know what the conversation was between him and Randy when he came here. Randy may have said, "Look, I need someone with a big name that I want to be able to run this organization and just and do whatever you want <laughs> and do whatever you want. And that's exactly the way it was. So if that's the premise that Mike, that Mike had coming to Cleveland, then I, I can't really get mad at him. The only time I ever got mad at Mike Holmgren was in the end when he said, and they were looking around to try to figure out who to hire as a head coach. Remember this? And he goes, yeah. oh, I looked at all my assistants and, you know, but meanwhile, who calls the GM coach anywhere in any other facility? Ours. Right. Right. So, Holmgren's Holmgren said that you know I looked around and they were like he's like hey should should I be the head coach should I should I should I do and they looked at me and they looked at me like I was crazy so I decided I wasn't gonna be the head coach (laughs) come on I just thought every time Mike Holmgren held a press conference it was a cluster mess all right he was I I just From the handling of the Colt McCoy concussion situation, when he oh. did, it's not the same. You say it's business as usual with the Cleveland Browns, and I'm here to tell you it's not. And when we turn this thing around, don't you come calling to me for playoff tickets. And I was like, don't worry, Mike. Pretty sure as long as you're here, we'll never have to call you for anything. And then, um, so there was that mess. There was the, you know, uh, him uh, eventually hiring Pat Shermer uh, to, to come in. Uh, the Cleveland Browns st- are not. For- I- Remember, we were getting those rumblings. Oh, yeah, that was twelve. That Randy basically had enough. It was ten years since his 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 father had passed away, and he was just exhausted uh, trying to figure out a way to get this franchise on track. He he basically raised the white flag and admitted, "I I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do it. So let's go ahead and sell this." Uh, sell this thing and Holmgren holds that press conference. The Browns are not for sale. And six weeks later, they're, they're sold to that. You know, the, that, the, the announcement comes out that they're sold to the Haslam's um, his farewell press conference was a joke. Just everything, everything that he did just, it felt like uh, a three ring circus. It really. So Daryl, what if Mike Holmgren was never here? Unfortunately, I think like Randy didn't have a choice. Like Randy got the whole reason Holmgren ended up here was because Randy Lerner got so desperate. The the Eric Mangini George Kokinas marriage fell apart right away. Right? Did, I right. mean, did, you didn't even get through the, a, a full season. I think Kokinas was like going October, if I remember correctly. 
So you didn't even get halfway through a season with a coach GM combo. And then I, uh, you know, they it started, I forget what it was, like 0-11 or one and one and twelve, something like that, before they won those final four games. But like Randy was just so desperate, hence that quote at Soldier Field. I forget if you gave it to Mary Kay or who he said that to, but I just remember reading the headlines about needing a uh, a, a credible football leader for the Browns. And that's kind of why he brought in Mike. And I'll be honest with you, I think the whole reason he brought in Mike was to set the team up for sale so that as he was, because the NFL also was pushing him. Don't forget because. Don't you remember he was sending Mike to the owners meetings? Right. Because he, Mike Holmgren was being sent to the owners meetings. Randy was not participating in league business. The stadium was starting to fall behind the times from a technological standpoint. He wasn't, you know, pushing for constant renovations and things like that. Uh, naming rights and what, cause one of the first things the Haslam's did was they sold the naming rights to the stadium and, and got a renovation done to yep. modernize the building. Right. Yep. So, uh, and the Haslam's go to all the, the ownership meetings, <laughs> they participate in league business. D Haslam, I, uh, I, she's on the, um, she's on one of the committees. She's on, uh, like the, uh, oh, I'm, 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 I'm having a brain cramp right now. Domestic. No, some something with like conduct, player conduct. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like standards yep. of you know. So yeah, that's what. Yeah. But yeah, so the 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 Haslam's are active in in league business, whereas Lerner wasn't. So I fully believe my conspiracy theory is that Mike Holmgren was basically brought in here to get this team ready to sell, so he could just whoever he was selling to say, "Hey, Mike Holmgren's the team president." Right. Right. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. And then, uh, and I, I do remember the looks on everybody's faces when uh, training camp opened that year in uh, in 2012. I also remember the euphoria when Haslam took over and how excited everybody. Oh, was. absolutely! Haslam was supposed to be the white knight uh, uh, on on the horse riding into mm-hmm. town to to save <laughs> the Browns. And uh, I just remember the look on Pat Shermer's face at the beginning. Of tra- like he just had the look of he he knew he was dead man walking. Right. He knew that no yeah. matter what happened, he was not coming back to coach this football team in, in 2013. So and I think Pat was tied those Pat, together. Yeah, Pat was well. I thought I, I actually thought Pat was a very good guy. I was happy. It was when he it was, was like, but he also had rabbit ears like Randy Lerner. Yeah, that's a problem. All right, let's come back. Uh, We've got more what-ifs for you, so stand by. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin.